Welcome to the Ridley College Chapel podcast. Our mission is to equip men and women for God's mission in a rapidly changing and increasingly complex world. For more information, visit ridley.edu.au. Well, I like uh, a good story, and I think everyone does. Whether you like snuggling down with a book uh, in front of a fire and just reading away, or whether you like uh, you're more of a visual person, and so you like movies and you watch them, or you like listening to audiobooks. I think everyone really likes stories, and some stories are just a bit of fun. Uh, a light read. Some stories stretch our minds and stretch our, our thoughts. They, they challenge our assumptions. Some stories inspire us and make us uh, more than we are. And then there are some stories, some stories that actually speak to your heart and speak to your soul, that actually change you. And the story of the cross is not just one of those stories. It's actually the story. I think it's the story that actually underlies all the stories and gives them their power. Well, as we prepare for Good Friday, and uh, we're looking to Holy Week next week. Uh, I'm from South Australia, so I say holy. Uh, You just have to get, just translate in your head. we're going to have a look at the story of, that, of the cross and we're just going to dip into it in three little ways. Uh, we're going to look at the start of the story, we're going to look at the heart of the story and then we're going to look at the end of the story. I really wanted it to rhyme, but I couldn't. <laughs> I tried. The end part, it didn't, just didn't work. But we're looking at the start, the heart and the end and uh, my hope is that perhaps we'll discover that the story is perhaps even bigger than we thought it was. Uh, as wide and deep and uh, long as the love of Christ himself. So today we're going to start with the start of the story. Now, if you're writing a novel, uh, one of the big decisions that an author has to make is where they're going to start it. Do you start it uh, with the birth of the protagonist? Or do you jump in kind of in the middle of the action? Or do you start with some event that is the one that sets in train all the other things that are going to make the story? Where do you start the story? Where would you start the story of the cross? Would it be at that moment when a bloodied and battered Jesus bends down and actually picks up the cross, uh, puts the crossbar on his back and starts that walk towards Golgotha? Would it be at that point where the betrayer kisses him and so delivers him to that point? Or or wouldn't you go back to the beginning of the end, the beginning of that last week, where Jesus enters Jerusalem triumphantly and then clears the temple? And in Mark's gospel, uh, Mark says, so the chief priests and scribes kept looking for a way to kill him. In John's Gospel, I think that points all pretty much the resurrection uh, or bring back to life of Lazarus. You remember he brings Lazarus back to life. The the word of this amazing miracle goes to the chief priests and scribes. And John says from that day they planned to put him to death. It kind of gives gives me shivers thinking about that because it's when Jesus brings 
Lazarus back to life. It's that act that makes certain his own death that will bring many to life. I love it. Or you could look at that time further back in Luke's gospel. Chapter 9, verse 51, where Jesus resolutely sets his face for Jerusalem and so uh, begins that journey that will inevitably end on a cross outside the walls of Jerusalem. Is it then? Where does the story of the cross begin? Well, our passage in 1 Peter uh, says that the story of the cross is actually much older than any of those possibilities. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. You know that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. There's the cross. So uh, you were enslaved, you were without hope, you were without God in the world, you were bound up in your futile ways, ways of life that are ultimately unproductive, and God redeemed you. The, Jesus died as a sacrifice. He was the perfect lamb substituted for you. He took your punishment. He purchased you with the infinitely precious blood of Christ. Blood poured out on a cross 2,000 years ago in a real place in the Middle East uh, for you. But when was it planned? So verse 20, he was destined before the foundation of the world, but he was revealed at the end of the ages for your sake. Did you hear that? Peter actually says that the story of the cross begins before the foundation of the world. The start of the story of the cross isn't just before Jesus was born. It's before anyone was born. It was before the first plant, before the first star, before Time itself began, the cross was planned in the heart and in the mind of God. Isn't that astonishing? Like, I, it's hard to fit eternity into your head just, uh, just by definition. You, you can't. It's a huge thing, isn't it? Before the foundation of the, the, the world. Well, if that's true, that actually makes a huge difference. It makes a profound difference, and I'm going to suggest it three, just three of the profound differences it makes. Uh, firstly, the cross is not a response. Secondly, the cross can't be something I've done something to earn. And thirdly, the cross is a story I can't wreck. So I'm just going to take you through those. Uh, so number one, the cross is not a response. God's not playing defense here. He's not surprised by your sin. It's not that he made the world perfect and then looked down and he saw Adam and Eve they'd, and, and says, oh, oh, no, they've, they've taken the fruit. Well, what am I going to do now? And he goes, oh, the cross. I'll do the cross. It's not, it's not what he's doing. He planned it before the foundation of the world. Uh, I love the way Vernon McGee uh, says, the cross of Christ was not an ambulance sent to a wreck. Something didn't happen and then you had to go and fix it up. It was eternally planned by God to fulfil his perfectly good and loving and kind and gracious purposes. And so in the cross, God's not responding to you. He's calling you. He, it's his action. He's not playing defense with your sin. He's not surprised by your twists and turns. He's not surprised by your sin. 
No, he's actively pursuing you in the cross. He's bringing you up into the story of the cross that he planned. I wonder if you're a planner. Uh, Some people I understand are. And uh, some people, uh, you might take from that that perhaps I'm not as much. Some people uh, not only have like a plan for the day or for the week, they have like a plan for 10 years. I've met people who I wouldn't be surprised if I came up to them and said, what are you going to be doing on the 25th of October 2025? And they can just flick it open and say, I'm going to be washing the dog. (laughs) Wonderful. Like some people plan. Uh, And often planning, I don't know, I'm a more kind of creative kind of guy. And so more organic. And sometimes the more organic among us. Uh, kind of look at planners and think, well, it's a little bit impersonal, isn't it? Like uh, you've got this plan and sometimes it looks like it doesn't matter who gets in the way of your plan, it's just going to happen. And sometimes you can get in your head that that's kind of like the plan of God, that he's got this plan that he's started from before the foundation of the world and he's just kind of rolling it out impersonally. Uh, we can get a picture of God, uh, a kind of an impersonal God with a set of blueprints. But actually, it's, it's more like this. When you do something nice for a husband or for your wife or for a friend, uh, say you're walking down the street and it's just on the spur of the moment, you look in the window and you think, oh, that's perfect for them. And so you go in and buy it and you take it to them and you give it to them and it's really nice. It's, it's lovely. But what if you've spent months planning this nice thing, months planning, say, a party or a proposal, and it's elaborate and it's costly and you've had to invest lots of time and energy and resources in it, well, it speaks all the more of the love that stands behind it, doesn't it? Well, God's plan was devised in eternity past. He wove the world and the circumstances such that you would meet him and know him and love him. He achieved this not just through his work down through the ages, but through the very precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was costly. He's had his church as a whole in mind since before the foundation of the world, and he's had you individually and personally in mind from before the foundation of the world as well. Now, how do I know that? Well, Revelation 13, 8 says that, Those God will save have their names written in the book of life from before the foundation of the world. You can't actually get much more personal than that, can you? Your name written in the book of life from before the foundation of the world. Samuel Edward Bleeby. In the book of life before the foundation of the world. Your name in the book of life before the foundation of the world. And so the plan of God isn't actually impersonal, but it heaves with the very heart of God with love for you and love for the church. Uh, And we're going to talk a bit more about the love tomorrow. But number one, the cross is not a response to our sin. Uh, It's not an ambulance to a car wreck. It was proactively and lovingly planned from before the foundation of the world. Number two. If the cross is not a response to my sin, neither is it a response, and neither is his saving work a response uh, to my worthiness. 
So Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. So he chose us in Christ through the work of the cross before the foundation of the world. It's really just saying the same thing. just wanted to tell you it's not in, just in Peter. So before you'd done anything bad, before you'd done anything good, God planned the cross. Before you'd done anything at all, God chose to write you into the story of the cross. And if that's the case, then God's work in saving us must be entirely of his grace and pleasure and not of our works and worthiness. He planned the cross and your salvation through it, not because he saw you would be holy, but so that you would be holy. He planned the cross not because he foresaw that you'd be the kind of person who would believe in him, but he planned the cross so that you would believe in him through his eternally planned gift. And there's nothing you are or you've done that has made you deserving of God's saving work in Christ. Now, you know that. But sometimes it's hard to feel that. Uh, a baby's born usually through pain and effort, and when they come out, they're often messy and making lots of noise. I've got five kids. I've been at five births. Trust me. <laughs> the baby has done nothing. They've done nothing for you. They haven't made you a cup of tea. They haven't cleaned the house. <laughs> They've done nothing to make themselves worthy of your love, but you're filled with this enormous love for them anyway. And if someone burst through the door and suddenly, suddenly said, stop hugging that baby, don't you know that they have to do something to be worthy of your love before you love them? Uh, stop it. <laughs> okay, that's nuts. It makes, it makes no sense at all. You'd think they were crazy, and you'd also think that actually they know nothing of the love of a father or a mother. Well, I wonder if you understand that God's love for you is like the love of a mother. It's like the love of a father. And you haven't done anything to deserve it. But God loves you and delights in holding you and blessing you and loving you because you're his. And to think that you should have actually done something to be worthy of that makes even less sense when applied to God the Father as, than it does when applied to a human father or mother because, of course, his love is perfect. God is love. And unlike any earthly mother or father, he's got a perfect love for you. He planned the cross. He loved you before the foundation of the world. You never stop feeling that. And that means that the cross is not a response. It's not something you've earned. And thirdly, it's not a story you can actually wreck. Can you imagine an author sitting down and writing a novel? And it's, he's a very talented author. And the characters almost leap off the page. They're really vivid. And as authors do, this author becomes very uh, to really love the characters he's created. And the characters do all sorts of things, but it's actually impossible for them to actually leap off the page, isn't it? Uh, the plot is heading somewhere, and there's never a question that it won't get to where the author says, 
or in tens, though it will in most stories look like everything's going to go wrong. Well, in the story of the cross, the story that you and I are participating in, the story is going to a particular goal that God has planned before the world began, and we'll talk more about that on Thursday. But it's not a story we can wreck. Now, of course, we're more than just characters in a book. We do have agency. We've got real dignity of choice. The Bible constantly affirms that, but it also affirms that God is the author of life who chooses us and predestines us. This is one of the, you know, the favourite theological student discussions. How does that work? Uh, the Bible doesn't really tell us, does it? Proverbs 16.9. The human mind plans the way, but the Lord directs the steps. They're both affirmed. It just leaves it at that. Proverbs 19.21 says, The human mind may devise many plans, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will be established. Our plans can be frustrated and derailed and often are. If you've got kids, you will know that your plan for the day will not survive the first conscious child. It's not going to happen. Uh, we can have plans for our careers that don't survive a sudden economic downturn. We can have plans for our retirement and the wonderful travel that we're going to do. That isn't going to survive the first pandemic, hopefully the last pandemic. Uh, we can have plans for finding a partner or having kids that are derailed by circumstances or really painful relationship breakups. We can have plans for our lives that we think are going to extend and then you get the cancer diagnosis. Our plans can be frustrated and derailed, but God's plans can't be. He planned the cross before the foundation of the world and it happened. There is nothing that can thwart his plans. And that's actually a wonderful relief, isn't it? In a world, particularly now, you know, in the past, I think we've thought we have things under control, kind of. But now with the pandemic, we suddenly realise that we never had. But God's in control. God wasn't surprised by the pandemic. He continued to work out his plans for the salvation of many. And that's a wonderful assurance in lots of different places and ways, in evangelism, in salvation. But let me just say, in ministry, it's immensely freeing. You can't wreck God's plan for people. Uh, that means that I don't have to be worried about, you know, what's going to happen as I preach here. Well, is your faith going to waver or anything like that? It, it means I don't have to worry about whether I'm saying the gospel with exactly the right words. You can just be free because God's in control and God will work in and through me. Uh, sometimes even with words I haven't even spoken. People come at the end of the service and say, that's wonderful, that point, it really spoke to my heart. I never said it. <laughs> uh, but God's working. God's working. You can't wreck this story and so you can have a great confidence, great freedom then in your relationship with God because his love for you has already lasted from eternity past and you can carry you to eternity future as well. The story of the cross begins in eternity past from before the foundation of the world and because of that, it's a story of grace from beginning to end. It's a story you've been caught up into and planned in the heart of God for your good and for his glory. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, what a wonderful and glorious thing it is that you planned the cross before the foundation of the earth. 
uh, that you intentionally set out on the road to the cross from before it all began. And so, Heavenly Father, help us to trust in your ways, your goodness, your love, your plan, not only for this day, uh, for this week, for this year, but always. Uh, For we know that wherever we turn, uh, the story of your cross is before us and behind us and in us. Uh, Father, may we trust you, your love and your grace. Amen.